Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And a new review is in for the podcast. All right, let's hear what they have to say. I'm not even going to read it. Yeah, you're kind of mad. You get you, you know, got some I, anger issues I, with I this like, one. Honestly, I first the dude writes it in under the name me sarcastic. So you you half wonder is he being legit or not? But then when I saw he actually gave us three stars, that's when I was like, okay, he's just an idiot and a jerk. Well, he he might know how you work. So he might think if I give it five stars, he'll know that I'm being sorry. He would have I gotten think, swag. We've given everyone who's given us four and five stars swag. Yeah, uh, no, five stars. Let's let's keep the standard here. Well, I, <laughs> I want to make it sound like I would give it to you if you gave us four, but yeah, I, but you I, wouldn't. I don't think I, have. I know you. Here, here's the thing, right? Is if you uh, if if you if you haven't realized by now, um, Pete's Pete's reactions to these reviews is quite entertaining. And uh, I think Pete, someone wrote it in, just just got popped some popcorn is just sitting waiting for this episode to come out. But it wasn't even a good review. Like the other ones that were bad, like it, it was like they put some thought into it. Honestly, this one, I felt like they just kind of like, eh, you know what? It's not. I like good. his final line. I like the final line. I don't like to waste time. <laughs> well, then you went into the wrong profession. Nope. <laughs> Welcome to church planning. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So here, here's the deal, right? He, um, I, I thought that was funny because I don't care who you are. You waste time, but, but it's what you value. For example, like Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Well, well, I, he did say that he valued other podcasts that are funny, but when he's listening to church planning, he doesn't want anything funny. He just wants the Holy Spirit to rain down through the podcast and give him great information. He didn't realize he had us in between. And that was the problem. <laughs> Sorry we got in the way of that. Sorry we broke up your Black Panther party. I feel your anger. I am defenseless. Take your weapon. Strike me down with all of your hatred, and your journey towards the dark side will be complete. Just well, saying. Pete, we better stop, man. That's all I'm saying. I'm a Jedi <laughs> like my father before me. 
Soon the rebellion will be crushed and young Skywalker will be one of us. Well, you know, all I will say about this whole thing, I'm just going to I'm going to sum it up into one line. Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows it? That's it. Hey, all I know is if he keeps listening, he'll eventually come over to the dark side. They always do. I I actually I, I don't want him to listen. You know, this has been <laughs> <laughs> Stop listening to my podcast. I want him I to, don't want you to listen. The reality is I <laughs> I do I do think that customer service is important. So I'm willing to offer him a full and complete refund on every episode that he found to be unsatisfactory. You know, Pete, that's more than fair. I think it's more than fair. That's exactly the kind of customer service I've come to expect of you. I wish you could Yelp reviews of <laughs> reviews. Like I would like to to review him and point out all of his faults. Man, it's funny when uh, when you are an author too, and you got your book on Amazon, and people just leave you these terrible reviews. Wait, wait, can it, we talk about your book again? Come on, let's bring it up one more time. I love it, but. <laughs> It, man, it is funny. Like, I remember first reading, like, the first one I read that was really scathing. I remember being kind of angry, like, you know, and then and then I read uh, an article that my agent wrote, and he just goes, hey, don't ever interact with that stuff. Just leave it be, right? And so now, when I read a really bad review, I think they're funny. And it's normally because uh, of the stuff that they say, like the one where they said that I cussed. And you mentioned it the other day, and I'm like, yeah, what? What? I can't even remember what I said, you know. And what did you say? Was it crap? Uh, no, it was. Uh, I I quoted. Um, I can't even remember her name, but she was an author, and she said, "The truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off." And, oh, uh, you, you can't say that. So, yeah. so for me, right? I I don't really think of that as as the cuss word. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say it first time I was meeting Andrew's mom or anything, but. You know, I, I don't tend to think of that as a straightforward cuss word. That's the difference between you and me. I would say that the first time I met Andrea's mom. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And in fact, I wouldn't say it now in front of her. But if I'm writing, you know, if I'm quoting someone else and I could have written, written tick, I could have written make you angry, but, uh, but I didn't, you know, I left it as she, as she said it. My, my favorite quote is by Herman Hess. And he, he, and I do change that one when I quote it. He says, you can have lived your whole uh, life so as to never have broken a single commandment and still be a jerk. Now, in the original, he cusses, but I can easily make that point what? by changing I'm trying it. To, I'm trying to, hold on, I got to insert all the profanity words. <laughs> this is just going downhill. <laughs> But but I remember reading it going, yeah, okay, I can see how she – but it took me the longest – because I, I don't cuss. Like I'm not I, – I know a lot of people are kind of like cussing Christians and stuff. It's not it, – it's just a personal – personal. Uh, in fact, in the, in the next book, I've got a part where I've got asterisks. I do a reversed Psalm 23. And, um, you know, like what would it – what would Psalm 23 look like if you weren't saved? And um, – so, you know, it's like the anti Psalm 23. And I use cussing in there, um, but I'm getting ready to change it. So I talk about the world being screwed up. Well, that'll suffice. I don't need to use asterisks and symbols and stars. Just, I guess I'm more sensitive to that nowadays because the standard of, uh, of holiness has gone down. And I'm, I'm a big believer in holiness. And so that, that's something that, um, I know it's it's not in vogue to talk about holiness. Uh, people can't seem to get the connection between the power of the Holy Spirit and holiness. They 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 kind of they think that uh, holiness is something that only Pharisees talk about. But we we've lost something, man, big time. <laughs> it's you got to have salacious crumb at the end of that going. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was a little bit of a deviation wasn't it it really was it really was we were ripping on a dude on his review and then we had to go down the serious road yeah that makes yeah, i him, don't like it that makes like him it. win and we lose and we can't let the terrorists win no <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that's right pete for president 
No, man. I, hey, just, I couldn't you know, be any the, worse than your current choices. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Andrew asked me who I thought was going to win, and I said, well, predictable corruption usually wins over yeah. unpredictable insanity. Yeah, I I agree. I think uh I think Clinton's not saying that's win. my choice. Well, my, I, I don't have a I don't have a horse in this race. I. I mean, it's so bad. I'm not voting for either one of these guys. We said that on the podcast before, but uh I I agree. I actually I thought Clinton or not Clinton. I thought uh Trump could have won after the primary if he would have cleaned it up. Trump, if, if he, he would have started acting Trump? like a president after the the primary it would have been like oh he just did that to win the primary and now it's you know somebody that everyone can get behind but he's still such an idiot yeah it's he like would, he would have to stop being trump to win his trump and i don't think i don't think he's got enough time now i think no, i don't either he has truly cemented how bad he is the only thing that could be good from the opposition uh party getting in to uh the republican party i mean they're they're all terrible i mean they're all corrupt but the only thing that might happen and i would like to see it in my lifetime because i missed out on nixon uh is maybe we get to see someone impeached although she kind of seems untouchable you know like that 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 uh meme that i i think i shared it with you where the guy goes i would indict her but i'm afraid i might commit suicide (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah no i actually think the only the only hope is uh, is to see the Republican Party um, actually torn in two and a new party created. Oh, absolutely. Because they've yeah, become so much. They are, they are basically Democrats. I mean, there's really no difference between the Republicans and Democrats. So, yeah, yeah. I think I think you just got to crush it, crush it and start over again. Yeah, I think we're going to see an emergence of a new party. I, don't I, I know. think this might this might actually know. do it. I think as a society, we've almost gone too far, and I don't know that that there's enough people to bring it back. I really don't. Because, I mean, think about it. The the whole, politically speaking, it's what's government going to give me? And it's breaking us financially. Yeah. We are going to, the dollar will be devalued in my lifetime. Yeah, it will well, be the Labour Party. I mean, you, you you had you had in Britain, you had the the two parties that was the Liberal Conservative, and then and then the Labour Party popped up suddenly. And uh, you know, you never know, man. See, I'm not from Britain. I have no idea what you just said. All I heard was want 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 want. <laughs> What's that, man? <laughs> uh, why is my homework sitting on my head, ma'am? Did I tell you that's what happened at uh, Biola one day? I'm in class. I'm in like one of the uh, New Testament survey classes, uh, uh, uh. which at Biola is like the only class that's big because everyone has to take it, right? It must have been like 100 people in this class. And uh, and it met in the, the Calvary Chapel, and the professor had to wear the lapel mic. And he is just going off about how no one pays attention to him. And he's you know dropping all these nuggets of wisdom, and no one's paying it. And he like... He takes his mic, his lapel mic off, and he he reaches it over to my buddy, and he goes, "What did I say last week on blah whatever it was?" And my friend, this is after maybe a fifteen minute tirade. He just goes, "Did you say, well, want 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 well, want 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 right into the microphone?" And oh my gosh, just lost it. Everyone just and what can you say after that? What yeah. can you say? Professor can't say anything. No. No. Yeah. So I once witnessed a uh, PE teacher when I was in high school have an absolute meltdown. I mean, she hit her 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 breaking point, like in the period I was in, and uh, I'll never I'll never forget. Like, so we had this really bad class. It was all of the all of the people that had flunked out of PE. Well, for me, I'd been playing football, and I decided I don't think I want to play next week or next year. So you get special considerations for PE. Well, I didn't go out for spring practice. So because I didn't go out for spring practice, um, I had to make up PE junior year. So all the people that didn't do it freshman, sophomore year, uh, for some reason didn't meet their PE credits, ended up junior year in this thing. So there were seniors in there trying to graduate, but they were all druggies, the people that go to juvie hall, gangbangers. I mean, they were all the people that, if you just think, you know, all the ditchers, um, all the people that are just going to have a, a, a rough time 
graduating or making them do PE. And, uh, man, it was funny. So like, uh, you name it, like, I, I can't even tell you the stuff that would happen. It, it would take too long and, 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 but it was funny. It was like the bad news bears of PE classes. And one day, like, okay. So on the track, we used to like, maybe start off like maybe 80 kids going around the track. And, uh, somehow by the time the revolution was supposed to happen, we're all 80 kids make it back to the start and start their second lap. There'd be like 40 kids and there would literally be people hiding behind like, I don't know if they're like chalk barrels, but they're like, you know, uh, tin drum cans or whatever oil, oil drum cans for trash cans. There were, uh, there were like, you know, the, the little concrete block buildings where you keep all of the, the pole vaulting equipment, all the track and field, the hurdles, there would be like 20 kids hiding behind that thing. And uh, pe- people just disappear. It was funny, man. It was just like if there was something they could hide behind. We literally had people hop on the wall. There was a concrete block wall into an industrial park on the other side. People would hop that wall real quick. Someone would distract the teacher. and There'd be like this great escape, you know, people people breaking out. Anyways, this woman, she she one day, she she just gets mad. She throws a clipboard down and she goes, if you think that you can go on acting like this in my class. She turns around. She bends over, sticks her bum, and goes, you can kiss this. No. No. The next day, she wasn't our teacher anymore. Really? Yep. I swear to you. Wow. Wow. And I, you, you talk about those those moments where like people are like, what do you do after that? Everybody just like. That wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> when I was a when I was a freshman in uh, high school, uh, a bunch of my buddies were cut in the last period because there was a sub that was there. And this is like I, I couldn't do this, right? You know, I'd gone to private school my whole life. Here I'm at a public school. If mom and dad find out, they're going to yank me out of the public school and send me back to the private school. Don't do it, mom and dad. Don't do it. So I didn't cut. Right? Turns out. My two buddies cut to class, and they get on TV. It was like one of those Ferris Bueller moves where oh, all of a sudden. We used to do that. I, okay, kids, Um, this is a public service message. Good, good, great. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. We, we got to do that. That's like our little. I stayed you know, in school. Disclaimer. And then you know what happened? The next day or the next Monday, I think that was a Friday, when the teacher came back, he was like, yeah, the, according to the roll sheet, no one was here. So let me go through here. Uh, uh, Mike, were you here? And he's like, yeah, I was here. <laughs> It was like everyone so, was like there, you know. So, because you know, you know where we lived, right? Like, you could literally cut class and drive up to Hollywood and get on some morning show. I was on Montel Williams, you, you know, really? in the audience. You did. That I was stuff? on uh, Regis and Kathy Lee. I was in, um, you name it, man. I was in so many stinking shows because we just go down to Hollywood and we'd be like, "Hey, let's go hop on a TV show," and so. Um, there was one, and she was like a Miss America. I think her name was Tawny something. And uh, we would get on that show, and I remember <laughs> she stopped because they tell you to laugh and, like, whoop it up, like, you know, during commercial breaks and whatever. So during the commercial break, we were all applauding. We would yell our names. So we'd go, Peyton! Or if there's someone at home, we'd tell them, hey, we're going to be on this show. Go home and watch it. You know, cut this. Class. Sorry, kids. Don't cut class. But we would we would tell them to go watch it. And so we would yell their names out and you can hear them. So they would go, you know, in those days you had to record on VCR. And so that was the other reason. Well, anyways, when they want you to like laugh at jokes, they want you to go, (laughs) you know, so we would we would do the most obnoxious laughs. I mean, we're talking like Epstein from Welcome Back Cotter, you know, Ricky Ricardo, you know, we do that. Like that. I mean, it was really bad. And so there was one we were on. It might have been Regis and, and Tawny Little or whatever. But uh, oh my gosh, dude. It was the funniest thing. Like she stopped and goes, You guys. <laughs> really? Did you get kicked I swear out? To you. Did you ever get I kicked out of one of those? No, I didn't get kicked out. That's it's a miracle, but we did not get kicked out. If you brought a big group to one of those, they would pay you. So at Biola for fundraisers, 
they would go watch TV tapings, right? Because they'd get everyone from the floor to go. And I, I don't know what they got, like 10 or 20 bucks a head, something like that. And so we went and saw this one show. It didn't make it past probably the pilot, right? It was really bad. But it was like all this uh, inappropriate humor that no good Christian would ever go watch. And so they're all like, oh, we've got to leave. We, we can't be here. And uh, I got to ride with someone. Well, my ride decides to stay, and I don't know it. I would have stayed because I was like, whatever, you know. Didn't it, at that point in my life, it didn't matter to me. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm like outside going, how am I supposed to get back, guys? I got no ride. My ride already, like I thought they'd already left. I thought they'd gotten ticked and, and left. But uh, I remember those, man. That's funny, those. dude. It's funny. Oh. Well, hey, hey, um, I don't want to waste me sarcastic's time or anything. So I'm thinking maybe we get into the topic now. Welcome, you are. This week's episode of the Church Planter Podcast is brought to you by Mogiv. M-O-G-I-V dot com forward slash church. <laughs> Peyton, let me ask you a little question about your online giving. Who do you do okay. it with? Uh, MoGive. And what com. about text-based giving? MoGive.com. And do you tell the people at your church every Sunday, hey, by the way, guys, I know you're getting paid every Friday or twice a month, and you can set up an automated giving and just automatically give to the church. Do you do that? Yeah. Yes, I do, and it, it's really important. When you don't do that, your giving's going to trail off. For example, I was talking to a church planner this week who has MoGive, but they have not been regularly telling people. And of course, when you get the turnover, um, you know you 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 need to remind people to do it. And I told them if you go and make that announcement, hand out those handouts so people can sign up right there. Boom, you'll see a major difference. MoGive.com. It's amazing how easy uh, it is for people when you have a system like that for them to tithe. You Nobody know, brings their checkbook. That's the thing. Anymore. In today's day and age, we don't use checks. And for myself, I, I'm i pretty much a cashless person. I don't use a lot of cash. Yeah. And you can always, though, use the um, a, a board, like a cork board to shame people and call it the non-tithers board. I saw that article or the picture you sent. Did you start reading the comments of people? No. Oh my gosh. These comments are just classic. So tell them about the cork board. So the cork board, there was a church at a cork board with non-tithers and it had printed out everybody's name who wasn't tithing. And that's the best. I mean, I'm sorry. That is just because you know every pastor wants to do it. And finally, someone gave in to the dark side and just said, that's it. I got to just tell everyone who's given and who's not given. Exactly. Why stop there, man? Why not go on to non-prayers, non-attenders, non-Bible readers? Because the only one that the church can track. Hey, once you've got the system in place, wait. It's uh, the we money. should get back to our commercial. <laughs> well, we're just saying instead he should have put up a cork board that said, hey, guys, give with MoGive.com. If you're a first time listener today, you haven't made it this far. So never mind. But if you're back here week after week, you know that we screw around for the first few minutes. And now we're going to get into our topic, which is. Uh, what is our topic? We I was waiting for about. Doc Brown. Oh, here we go. Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Our topic today is on making your church's doctrinal statement. Is it important? Does, <laughs> does your church plant need one? And where do you get it from? How do you make it? Um, what I, do you need to have in there? What shouldn't you have in there? I got and, the answer uh, to this one. All right, go for it. You go to someone else's church website and you cut and paste. Pretty much. And then and then Pretty. you're done and you trust that they did it right. And you're gonna be safe because it's the same one that we all see on every website. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, I I think it's important to um to to talk about this because people are gonna go there. 
so there's a couple pages people are going to go to. They're going to go to, um, first off, they'll go to your landing page. Then they'll go to your about page. Um, they usually want to find out who the knuckleheads are that uh, are in leadership, but they're also going to try to figure out what kind of church are you? What do you believe? And um, there, there's a there's a there's a couple people that are going to check this out, right? Um, there are people who are in different categories. There's people who are just like, I just want to make sure it's not a cult. There are people, and it's typically Christians that are going to go here, okay? We're not talking, um, it's not like a lot of lost people are going to go there, but they will sometimes. And so what I tend to do is, like most things, I tip it towards lost people so that kind of like when I'm preaching a sermon, so that if a lost person is there, it's couched in their language, but it also is is suitable. It's milk for babes, but meat for men. So I'm careful how I word things. And um, like recently, I had someone, they, uh, they came through um, one of my websites and they found a doctrinal statement and they had corrections. They're like, hey, I just want to let you know your website says this, it says that. And it says this. And again, I, I often my response to that is, hey, I wasn't talking to you um, on that. I realize what you're looking for. So for things like. What, I don't um, understand. You need to give examples on that. Well, what I'm going is, to. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so on things like the Bible. Right. Um, it, there's a lot of history. Um, you know, I have books on the history of doctrine. Um, there there's a lot of controversy regarding almost any doctrine in the Bible where people have fought over it, defined it, redefined it. Um, we know about the Council of Nicaea, the Council of Trent. These have all come out of controversies where the church has kind of come back and said, what is the Bible really saying? When you hear people say things like, well, the church didn't really know what it believed. No, that's not true. The, the apostles knew what they're saying and the church and those that they discipled knew what they were saying. And there are times where maybe one guy goes, hey, you know, I believe this and that and that in his writings. But there's usually, you know, and this is what happened at these councils, is guys came together and said, well, some people believe this and some people believe this. Which one's the most biblical? And they got together and they looked at the scripture. They also looked at some of the writings of the of the anti-Nicene uh, fathers, um, the Nicene fathers and the post-Nicene fathers. And they looked at those things and said, well, you know, where did it change? So there's a lot of research and a lot of scholarship into it. But really, if you didn't even have all that stuff, you'd have enough to go off of um, just what the scripture says. And so when a skeptic comes along and very dismissively says, well, the church didn't know what it believed, it's not actually, that's actually not supported by scholarship. So hold on. In my train. And, uh, and so, you know, like on the Bible, um, some of the controversies, uh, particularly in the, in the 70s that were raging in America about the infallibility of Scripture, um, the church was, was starting to go very liberal. And you found your guys who were conservative evangelicals. Evangelicals became a very... Um, you know, progressive. They were the progressive group. If you don't know the history of, you know, where evangelicals came from, I know now they're kind of like, you know, they're considered the um, kind of the the cavemen, I suppose, by um, a lot of the internet. But the evangelicals originally were a reaction to the fundamentalists. Fundamentalists were like, look, it's a it's a this, it's a that, it's a, you know, if the Bible says it this way, it's that way. And the, the evangelicals came along and said, well, um, we're going to hold to everything the scripture says, but we think you might have misrepresented God slightly. So there was a lot of things attached to fundamentalism that they didn't want. Um, they wanted to still preach the gospel. They wanted the infallibility of scripture. They want to argue for that. But they also felt some of the interpretations of Scripture, uh, case in point, might have been one like a um, a literal six days of creation. They might have said, well, you know, hey, 
It might be a little six days. It may not be, but we need to not undermine the scripture. We need to look at our interpretation and wonder, is our interpretation the right interpretation? But we're not going to say that the Bible's not right. The Bible's right, but is our understanding of the Bible right? And so evangelicals became kind of that middle ground between we're never going to compromise scripture. Now it means anything. Now the term evangelical might as well mean uh, a liberal today, you know, like Rob Bell would say, I'm an evangelical, but he's more liberal than the liberals that the evangelicals were making a stand against. Does that make sense? Kind of. So, so what's happened is, okay, so, so well, let me, let me back up. What, what's not clear in that? All I heard was, well, want, 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 want. <laughs> So, so when it comes to your, your biblical, so what would happen when, when the battle of the Bibles, it's known, kind of came out in the 1970s? What happened was, um, you had, uh, you know, like Fuller Seminary, um, had a, and it did, it had a lot of guys that were liberal evangelicals. And, um, what, what happened was, uh, they were saying things like, well, the Bible's not really reliable as a history book or a science book. So because of that, the statements of faith that used to read um, the the word of God is infallible and um, is, uh, you know, without error in all matters, uh, it used to say all matters. And then it 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 became to to put a proviso, they would say in all matters of life and and doctrine or in all matters of life and practice. And just that addition meant that the person, you know, it, it suddenly was saying in life and doctrine, but not other things, right? Definitely not science and history is what they're trying to say. And so uh, the, the wording of the statement of faith became very important, if that makes sense. It does. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, so so there there's a lot of subtleties when it comes to um, making your statement of faith. You might rip that off another website, and um, it, you, you might you might kind of go, "Huh, you know." Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just had a flash of your guys' statement that you gave to uh, Evangelical Credit Union. Oh. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Go on, Pete. <laughs> well, you and Charlie, when you were putting together the uh, the doctrinal statement and the the what was that actual form that you had to give them? It, it was a statement of faith. So whenever you start a, a, a church account or you know five hundred one c three in your church, you have to have your your doctrinal statement. Yeah. So you and Charlie were like slaving over this thing. You know, what exactly do we believe? What exactly are we standing for? And one of you, as a joke to the other, put in, and of course we uh, agree with same-sex marriage or something like that. Well, it, it was on marriage. Like, I think we had something either about marriage or, um, yeah. And, and one of you just like put that in there to jab at the other one when the other one was going to read it. And you guys gave that version <laughs> accidentally to the evangelical credit union. And they're like, they actually read it. And they're like, um, this is what this church has in their doctrinal statement. So, yeah. It was the evangelical credit union. And they're like, uh, this falls outside of our scope and practice, uh, for what we consider to be evangelical belief. Are you sure you want us as a credit union? Could, could you and, just see, some accounting nerd whose actual job it was. is to read these things. Like I can just imagine this person and them not seeing any humor in it. Like that's what I could see from well, this person. You have to, you, like I had to explain on the phone, this was a joke. It got sent over when you're we hammering it. <laughs> you know? And there were things, there were other things in there too. That were uh, that we would goof off with each other and and just put weird things like we put things like you know uh, our salvation is entirely of our own volition and effort you know um, the harder we work uh, the greater chance we have of going to heaven like you just do stuff like that to goof off with each other when you're and working, we would bury that stuff in there yeah when and you're see working if the other that guy long. caught it when you're working that long like it's not like. <laughs> 
this is something you sat down over an afternoon and couldn't get serious about it. It's like you guys have been spending so much time on this. We went away to like literally work out our policies, our um, philosophy of ministry, our doctrinal statement. We literally went out to to Palm Springs. Charlie had a place there, and we just we just spent time. Hey, it's nothing like you know sitting in a and a hot tub talking over, you know, all this kind of stuff. But it it was great, man. I, I mean, don't know. We, we really took it serious. That you know? might have needed to be in your your statement. Two dudes cannot sit in a hot tub together <laughs> talking about doctrinal statements. That's right. It's not allowed. And uh, so anyways, yeah, that was pretty funny, man. So so there's things, <clears throat> there's, there's a couple ways that you got to look at your statement of faith. And I know some of you guys are going, oh my gosh, man, I don't even want to think about this. You can rip them off from other people. Um, typically, there is a way that uh, people write these things. They tend to be, um, you know, you can you can go for the really theologically robust one that dots all the T's, crosses all the I's. But what I would say is, who's your audience? And what do you want to accomplish with it? For me, if I'm going to put it on a website, it's for people browsing the website and I know why they're going to look at it. If they're going to look at my um, statement of faith to see how theologically on point I am, I'm not really that concerned about that. I know theology very well. Um, and I don't say that with like an arrogance, but I used to read systematic theologies cover to cover. I mean, you know, I'm not saying I know everything, but but I'm pretty aware of what needs to be said. And, and I'll sometimes have guys correct me. And I'm aware. I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. But this is why it's in there like that. You know, I know if I wanted to please the professor, I would say it this way. But I'm thinking about the housewife or I'm thinking about, you know, the 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 college student coming who is looking at the website trying to figure out what we believe. And I'm putting it in language that, that they can understand. And I realized there was this historic controversy. I realized there was this confession in 1660, whatever. But you know what? I'm not really worried about that right now. I'm not worried about those things, right? Those people don't need me to be accurate. They, they've read all the theology they need to, to, to set them straight. But the people I'm talking about, I want to get them here. I want to get them through the door. And I want them to know we're not freaky freaks. Interesting, man. Really interesting. So so I guess the next question would be what things ought to be in there? Um, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Um, hey, Peyton. So uh, what things ought to be in your doctrinal <laughs> statement? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Pete. That's, that's a very insightful question because um, I think uh, everything that you want to do, you want to kind of craft, I think, when you're making a, a statement of faith, are things, A, um, who's God? People need to know who's God. B, um, who's man? Um, C, how did God address that problem? How does he get saved? I mean, what's what's the point? Um, what did Jesus do? Uh, you know, um, uh, what is God doing now? Um, what, you know, how do we know him? Um, how does God reveal himself? How do we respond to that? Um, what is the church? What's the church supposed to do? And lastly, what will we be doing for all eternity? So if I, if I were to go down that list, it would be like this, God, creation, sin, savior, cross, resurrection, grace, spirit, Bible, church, mission, eternity. That's how I break it down. <clears throat> because, you know, I could go into things like, um, you know, uh, first off, a lot of people don't put mission in there. They don't put the Holy Spirit in there. Um, I've got the resurrection in there. Um, you know, I've got certain things added in there that other people don't. Um, but if, if I were... Um, if I were, do you want me to read some of one of mine? This is just one of them. I've got, I've got different versions of them for different things. Hey, uh, Peyton, why don't you go ahead and read maybe uh, a portion of one of yours? Not all of yours, because I know you've got several for every uh, different <laughs> website and, and uh, church that you do, but maybe just one of them. That'd be great. All right, man. Cool. 
Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, you know what, Pete? Maybe I should start. I'll just read the God one. I actually was just looking. I'm right now on uh, one of your 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 ex church plants website to see what's on there. They have no doctrinal statement on it. I think you need to get on them. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Which one you on? You know which one I'm on. You on uh, Refuge? I'm not going to say it on the podcast. <laughs> It'll be fixed by the end of the day. No, it, I'm teasing. It also says That's you're, funny, man. It also says you're the team leader. and But it does say, hey, we're a new breed church plant. That might the, just be slightly out of date. That's I, all I, I'm think, saying. I think that's what it is. I think... Uh, and and they got oh, a church changed it. That's why because they it's a completely new website from when I was there. <laughs> well, that's the thing as it is, but I don't think unfortunately it was uh, an improved website from when you no. were there. <laughs> so okay, so here's the deal. Um, I've got God on there. There's only one true God who exists as a Trinity: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is eternal, all powerful, all knowing, and ever present. He is completely in control of everything. Absolutely pure perfectly just and abounding in love. So, you know, uh, that's that's right there. That's not comprehensive. It's not exhaustive, but it gives you a good picture. And why did I put, like, in one sense, you go, oh, you know, uh, should I have Trinity on there? Because, hey, non-believer is not going to know that. You know what? He needs to know we're not JW Mormons. And everybody else who comes to that site needs to know that we believe in the Trinity as revealed in scripture. So, um, and you don't have to put those, the Trinity, we believe the Trinity as revealed in scripture. Those are little taglines or like little ditties that people put. I, I word it, I take it, but that's an important point. You know, you gotta have that in there. Know what I'm saying? I feel you, dog. I do. So, um, the reason that I put creation uh, and I'll just read that one and, and give a little justification of it. God lovingly and purposefully created the universe and everything in it. Above all, he made human beings in his own image, which gives all people inherent dignity and value. We were made to know him, to love him, and to give him glory. So when you say like, oh, it gives all people inherent dignity and value. Um, Paul says stuff like that in the scripture, like when he talks about being with a, a, a prostitute. Right. Sexual. He says, don't defraud your brother who's made in the image of God. Um, that the image of God is something that I want in there. Now, uh, the image of God gives people inherent value um, just because his image is in them. That doesn't mean that they're so valuable. God should save them. Um, but it does give them inherent dignity. They're made in God's image because a God created people and he made them in his image. Um they it's you know it's like when paul says earlier he says you know everything god created should be received with thanksgiving um there is that underlying doctrine in the scripture so even though i may not spell all that out put all those scriptures and by the way mine don't have scriptures in them this particular one that i'm looking at um i actually like having scriptures on i'm looking at this right now going oh that'd be good you know because i think i learned to do that over time, put put scriptures in mind. So if you want to go look these up, this is where I got these from. And um, and that's always a good thing to do. Interesting, man. Interesting. You know, one of the, uh, I think one of the things you hit on earlier is that uh, Christians are oftentimes the ones who want to check out the doctrinal statement, especially if they're, you know, wanting to check out a church, because I certainly do. Like if we were, like even the, the church that, uh, we go to now. I mean, that was one of the things that I wanted to look at. What do they say that they believe? Because I don't want to end up at some crazy church, right? Where it's like, um, we're all going to become gods one day, you know, or yeah. something like that. And um, interestingly enough, I mean, I I actually uh, went on the the church of my youth, the church that my dad was the pastor of years ago. Now it's since uh, left the denomination that it was with. And uh, and it's it's gone down this weird little rabbit hole, but it's interesting. Like when you see their their doctrine, um, the very first thing in their statement of faith is, "Hey, we believe in the King James sixteen eleven version of the Bible." And I mean, it's like that's their their main thing that they hit on. I just find that kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. And, and here's the thing, right? When Once you start getting into 
when you see that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, uh, far side. By, and huh? they say that they're the friendliest church in town. That's all over their website, too. <laughs> so I went to one recently and it, it, I went to the website and it, I went to Statement of Faith and it says, we are a traditional church. And it was like almost said like through gritted teeth, right? Um, when you see those kinds of things, you know what they're saying. And, and it's very telling. So when I see uh, where they're saying things like what Bible version they use, I'm like, oh, okay, you're, you're, oh, you're one of those. Okay. And look, it's fine to be one of those, I suppose. Um, but you're, you're telling people. So in, in the same way, um, when you cut and paste a doctrinal statement from, and there's nothing wrong cutting and pasting a good one, right? Um, but these, just the questions I've raised, you got to think and, about and just to be, be reading? Just to be on the safe side, uh, technically speaking, in today's day and age, that might actually be a copyright infringement. So just <laughs> gonna, a good point. going to throw that out there because we don't want to get sued because Peyton and Pete said I should just cut and paste a good one. No, but you can cut and paste it as a template is what I'm kind of saying. Yeah, you can yeah. you can take it and just rework it, you know? I would I would put it in a Word document and I'd write your own right below it. You know what I'm saying? Like or or take portions of it and change it if you need to. If the language is heady, it's probably not for you, you know? Um if you're worried about being super accurate, like one of the things I did is I told my um my um all the guys in in New Breed, all the church planners, I'd say, hey, you can have anything that we have. So if you want our doctrine of, of uh, faith, I mean, our statement of faith, if you want our policy and procedures, if you want our, a copy of our, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, mission statement, any of that. So you don't got to write your own. All you got to do is change a church name. Go for it. That was the stuff we were doing is we were putting uh, constitution and bylaws together as well, which is a whole nother subject. But I always find it helpful to use somebody else's as a template and write your own. And you'll find where they're redundant, you know, needlessly. Sometimes you got to be redundant in those stupid legalese documents. But other times you're like, no, nah, this is just lazy. You know, you cut and pasted this and didn't catch, you know, your poor format, you know, so. Um, but that that's always helpful, I think. It's it's a good way to build it. And I would also say go over it with um, your leadership team. Make sure you've got everything. Hey, what's not in here that needs to be in here? So as I'm looking at, at mine, um, the, the most recent one I did, I, I look at it and I think, you know, there's nothing in here about leadership. And we should have that in here. Like it was on the leadership page, but it should be in here because – we believe, and, and okay, you don't want to put every secondary doctrine in there, but leadership is a really distinct feature. And so if you have something that's really distinct, that kind of is part of your DNA, it's not a bad idea to put it in. So I would put leadership in here now, right under mission. And I would say we have team leadership. Um, we believe the, the Bible teaches a, a team leadership. So that it's not one person's gifts being showcased, but so that all believers are being uh, equipped for the work of the ministry as a team develops their gifts together. And I refer to Ephesians 4 so that when someone comes through, they're like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's a that's a church that believes in team leadership and they're on the move and they value me and they want to see me as a part of that mission. Cool. I dig that. Right. So I would I would put that in. And, and, and then I guess that kind of raises the question that Pete's about to ask me, which is, um, you know, how often should you go back and look this over? Hey, Peyton, I was just thinking, you know, when it comes to these statements and everything, um, is it like a set it and a forget it scenario? Or do you need to go back and review it every once in a while? It's an excellent question, Pete. I would actually go back and look it over maybe about once a year. Um you know, obviously, you know, if you don't have a vision meeting once a year, some people call AGMs um, annual general meetings or you get what they call the business meeting. Terrible name for a church. Uh, but anyways, a vision meeting is where you would talk about where we've been, where we're at and where we're going. And, you know, it's not a, a bad idea to just walk through that. Um, and say, hey guys, this is, this is what we believe. Probably all of you know this, 
boom, boom, boom. We're just going to walk through it real quick and, uh, and, and ask again, is there anything that we, you know, that you can see that you think, you know, this is really a part of us. It, it should be in there. And, uh, and you might say to people, well, gosh, you know, it shouldn't go into our statement of faith. Um, it should go into, uh, our mission statement or that could go into our, our, um, you know, our, our constitution bylaws, but, you know, you do want to keep your, your, you know, even the leadership is a stretch. I've got mission in there because, Hey, that's why the church is here. Right. And leadership, you know, that, that could, could very much be in our, in our vision uh, statement. It could be in, it could be in, in, it doesn't have to be in our statement of faith, but again, going back to the principle, why do you have this thing? And why do you care that people look at it? Well, I care because I want people to know that up front about us, that this is a really strong belief. In fact, this affects everything we do in a church is our view of leadership, that Jesus is the senior pastor and that we're a team seeking him together and what he wants to do in Long Beach or wherever it would be. Hmm. Interesting. I like it, man. Yeah. So uh, anyways, this is this is probably not the most exciting topic. But it is a necessary one. Like well, I said, you, know, you guys are going to need this for um, any time you get a 501c3, establishing yourself as a, as a nonprofit, opening a bank account. Um, they're going to want to see this. This is part of the defining characteristics of a church, but also the uh, worldwide interweb is also going to want to see this. People are going to check this out. Well, the thing is, I think that uh, pastors are going to dig this stuff because pastors, for the most part, are really into like the doctrine. The theology. So for them to like really chew on this, you know, what do we believe? What are we going to stand for? What are we going to tell the world that we stand for? I could see him really digging into it. I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying. I have to agree with Pete. (laughs) Yes. And uh, here's the deal. Um, Have a stab at it, guys. Like I would say, write your own list of what you think is important. And then play a little game. Go to someone else's site and go, oh, I missed that one. You know, it's like I, I should have had that one. That's always really revealing. The other thing is um, once you have your list, write your own so that you're not just copying. Like try to have fun with it, man. Put it in your own language. Then go read and establish one that you trust and go, oh, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what people have on these. You can you can kind of tell it's kind of like a business statement. You could tell the ones that are just a standard Standard issue, doctrine, doctrinal statement. Then, then you can tell other ones where these guys really put thought into this, or you can tell they really want people to understand. Like they've boiled this down to something that's usable for people. I, I would say most of the ones that I see on websites. Now, to be fair, I've mainly looked at websites for one specific denomination that claims they're not a denomination. So I'm not going to say which one it is, but. Um, did you did you catch that? Say it one more time. You weren't even listening to me. I saw. Well, you. I was actually just looking up one as an example. That I, I said I've only really looked at them on uh, one denomination's website that claims they're not a denomination, but I'm not going to say what denomination <laughs> it is. But That's most funny. of them are like very. Uh, hey, what's the quickest amount of words we can say what we believe in? And yeah. it's it's like literally, it's the same thing on every one of them. It's it's as if it was the cut and paste. Uh, doctrinal statement like whereas when i go to this this other church that i grew up in that's now you know this fundamentalist we only accept the king james bible as as god's preserved and inspired word for english speaking people like literally that's the first thing that they say right they're just we're we're all about the king james but it's it's long there's literally 19 different sections so you could tell that they thought about this yeah I mean, even though I don't agree with a lot of their stuff, you can tell they thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you go to, um, hillcitychurch.org, um, that is my buddy, Di Hanke. Now I learned a lot, um, from him. I, I would actually say his is a lot more meaty and, and robust than it used to be. I don't know if that's as the church has grown. Um, they've gotten more people like his first one is God is triune. And he used to not use that kind of language. I mean, his language used to just be, there is one God, you know, uh, and then he would explain it, um, in, in the Trinity, you know, but, um, very much street language, but he was also in, in a, in a, in the projects, 
uh, what they would call a council state. Um, now he's in a city. And so I'm wondering if the language changed as they moved locations. So, um, you know, and when I say city, he's in a more, you know, it's like the difference between, uh, gosh, like Hell's Kitchen and, and, and Manhattan, you know. Um, so he's in a different part of the city now. But I would just say, you know, you, uh, you can look at that. You can look at New Breeds, um, New Breed, uh, CP.org, um, or uh, gosh, I don't even know our, our, uh, our address, New, New Breed Church Planning, um, dot com. But, uh, if you go there, you can read that one. That's the simple, the very simple one. And there might be a couple things on there. Like I said, like someone took me up on, on one of them and said, Hey, um, what about this? What about that? And, uh, and I could say, hey, you know, you're right. But again, my audience, boom, boom, boom. So you will never be able to please everybody on these. So um, I would just like to say kind of on, on your statement, um, it goes numbers one through nine, and then we get to zero, and then it goes one again and two. So my, are you serious? Yeah. So I'm going to pick apart on yours as your numbers are off. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, you know what? But there's a reason for that. Oh, oh okay. What's the reason? You know, I, I wouldn't be, Pete, what I would consider a math pastor. Numbers intimidate me. Calm down, diddly, 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 diddly. They did their best. Shoddly, diddly, diddly, diddly. Gotta be nice. Hostility, diddly, diddly, diddly. Oh, hell, diddly, ding, dong, crap. <laughs> so you're not a math pastor. What What kind of pastor would you say you were? You know, I would say I'm more of an English pastor. Nice, nice. Nice, nice. Well, what do you do because you've got all this responsibility as a math pastor? Uh, you know, I sleep at night, my friend. How That's do you what sleep I do. at night and not worry about the IRS coming knocking on your door, sending you off to the pokey? Yeah, um, you know, the, probably the best thing I ever did um, was I decided not to take drugs, um, and and then I signed up for simplifychurch.com. Those two things was it at were, the same time. I'm not taking drugs. I'm signing up for some. They could have been. <laughs> they could have been because I'm telling you, man, I would not want to plan a church without using Simplify Church to take care of all of my admin needs, take care of my finances, take care of my IRS stuff, man. I'm telling you, it's now, uh, they've been de-stressing church planners since 2006 by doing bookkeeping, payroll, bill payment, contribution management, and mo. And, and Mo, you got to be careful with that. <laughs> and Mo, <laughs> well, you know, not I, Mo give. I although would, they do have a partnership with each other, I would just like to say that um, I don't even know what I was going to say. I can't remember. Well, I do want to say this in defense of the new breed site. It looks like the numbers have been cut off. So as you're looking through, I think it goes seven, eight, nine, and then it looks like zero. But I think. I think the web designer cut off the the one that should be in front of that zero because you can see the oh, zero. Oh, I'm sure that's what it is. I'm sure yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, again, another reason to come back and revisit these from time to time. <laughs> we believe in all of these things, plus we don't believe in numbers. <laughs> we are not a math pastor. <laughs> we are not a math church. We do not. The, the numbers are a lie. Hey, hey, I'll just throw this out there. This is what I was going to say. Simplify Church, they do have a a website service, too. They can help you out with your website. Oh, even I didn't know that. That's cool. I'm just going just gonna to throw that out there. Well, I'm, I might need to get on them. Well, cool, guys. Hey, thanks for joining us today. This has been Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones reminding you, if you want to go where nobody's going, you need to do what nobody's doing and something else. No, if you want to do what nobody's doing, you got to go where nobody's going and do it. No Wait, no. What, what is it? If you want to reach the ones that no one's reaching. <laughs> Thank you. You want to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Yes. The Church Planner Podcast isn't the podcast that planners deserve, but the podcast they need. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. 
The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.